0: 1 John chapter 3, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest In his presence, whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts. Hear that this morning. God is greater than your heart, and he knows everything. In this uh, place of quiet before God, um, I want to issue an invitation. Uh, I think it's a special invitation for one or maybe more this morning. I think that someone's walked in here this morning and uh, you walked in with a a great sense of restlessness, uh, a great sense of tiredness, and the word of God to you this morning is um, from Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a promise for everyone who's in Christ, that we can come to the Lord when we're weary and heavy burdened and have rest. But I think there is one or maybe more here this morning who feels the weariness that's more than just the weariness of life in the flesh. It's the weariness and the tiredness of life without God. And you walked in this morning and as we were singing and worshiping, you recognized, I don't know the God we're singing about. And so uh, I would like to ask if... Uh, If there's someone here this morning, you recognize, you mean, right now your heart's beating real fast and you're saying, darn, it's me. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to ask you, I won't embarrass you or even ask you to stand up, but if that's you this morning and you've walked in and you're tired and it's because you don't know God, would you raise your hand just so I could pray for you? Is that someone here this morning? Father, thank you this morning for your goodness. Thank you for the promise, Jesus, that we can come to you. That when we're weary, because of the sin that we're still carrying, or Lord, the way that we've allowed ourselves to get under the pile of the world again, we come before you this morning and we lay our burdens down. And we thank you, Jesus, that we can take up your yoke, we can be connected to you, and Lord, you'll do the heavy lifting. So this morning we submit ourselves to you and we say thank you for the promise of a conscience relieved by the Spirit of God, hearts set free from the condemnation of the enemy, and lives of peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, great. I think it's great to be at peace in God's presence. (laughs) So I'm glad. I want to um, start the message this morning. You're about to see a miracle. I've got a 30-minute message to fit into the next 18 and a half minutes. It's going to be amazing. Um, I want to start uh, reading the scripture. So if you'd stand with me, we're going to read the scripture. If you have a Bible or an iPad or an iPhone or any other sort of thing that has biblical words on it, you can turn to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. And um, as you're looking for that and we're uh, pondering it, I'll give you the context here. Ezekiel is a prophet from God. That means he speaks the words of God. And in Ezekiel 37, he's uh, having an experience. He's having an encounter with God. He's seeing a vision. And the vision is of this valley of dry bones. And in in the natural and the physical, in history... Um, He's speaking at a time when the people of Israel have been exiled from their land. And in fact, by this point, Jerusalem has been uh, demolished. The place of God's promise and the symbol of God's presence has been destroyed, the temple. And uh, Ezekiel is seeing, as it were, God's view of God's people. And then God comes down and speaks to Ezekiel about who they are and about who he is and what he's going to do. And it gets pretty exciting. So let's read the word of the Lord, Ezekiel chapter 37. This is 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O Sovereign Lord, you alone know. That's Ezekiel's way of saying, how the heck am I supposed to know? You're God. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, Ezekiel speaking here, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of Man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We're cut off. Therefore prophesy, the third time, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of God. You can be seated. Some of you just heard your sermon and you can turn me off now. And I mean that. For some of us, we just heard the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit that gives you life and breath spoke to you. And I would encourage you. Go with it. Turn me off. Go into the prayer room. Go outside. Walk around the building like I do. Because God speaks through his word. And don't say no to the voice of God this morning if he's speaking to you. For the rest of you, I'm going to see if I can help out a little bit. Um, Ezekiel is in the presence of God. We don't know what it means or what it looks like. We just know that the hand of the Lord, isn't that a great picture? The hand of the Lord was upon him. And Ezekiel's in God's presence. I mean, what that means is he feels and senses God. Whether he's dreaming, it's a vision, he sees it, he senses it. I don't know how it works. But the hand of the Lord is upon him. The hand of the Lord is, uh, is, takes Ezekiel to this picture, this vision. And it's this valley of dry bones. So uh, picture it with me. Ezekiel's in this valley and there's piles and piles of bones. We're not talking about a little stack of bones. Jane and I uh, were, uh, um, lived in Austria for some time. We went to a number of places where there were bones left over from the Holocaust. It was powerful. You'd walk into this little cave and there'd just be a pile of bones. And it just it honestly gives you the heebie-jeebies. It just freaks you out. Evil. That's a little pile. We're talking about a valley full of bones. A Valley full of bones, and Ezekiel sees these bones and they 're dry it's just it's just death it's just a picture of destruction <clears throat> it's a picture of god's people at that time, and so for us this morning, and I promise we're going down the path of encouragement i 'm not going to talk that much about war this Sunday <laughs> for some of us, it's the picture of our own lives, not completely. But even as Jacqueline was speaking this morning, even as we was, were worshiping this morning, <clears throat> I think it's an invitation from the Lord this morning to look at your life with God. Just look at your life with God. Don't look at your life with the devil. You look at your life with the devil, condemnation, discouragement, despair. No, no, no. Just take a look at your life with God. Imagine the hand of the Lord coming down upon you and saying, Ron, Keith, Marcia, Michelle, Molly, I just want you to look at your life with me. I want you to see. And you look out on your life and you see a place maybe that looks a little dry. A little bit of desperation. Maybe a place of disconnectedness. Maybe a place in your life where you've seen some deterioration. Maybe it's a place in your life where you just see all out destruction. And this morning, uh, from this passage, this is not a call to condemnation but it's an invitation from God to see your life with him because you already read the end of the story. And God's saying to some of us this morning, as we look at our lives, we look at those places of maybe disconnection or desolation and the Lord's speaking to us and he's saying, hey, look, do you think these bones can live? Do do you think there's still hope for this place in your life? Can these bones live? and I mean I and I'm sure that when God speaks to you like that as he sometimes does to me he's like hey Randy what about this and I I look at God and I'm thinking like well I don't know what about it I'm doing my best my wife's a dietitian and she's got a master's degree in nutrition education she's a smart person when it comes to food and um sometimes we'll be in the kitchen and we'll be getting ready and she'll pull something out of the, out of the fridge I'm going to get in trouble probably for this I'm too far in to back out. <laughs> and she'll say to me, "Hey, this chicken's been here for 2 days. Do you think it's still good?" You know? And so she, the expert, is asking me. And so often I respond, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Let me ask my wife. She's a dietitian." <laughs> but here's what's happening with Jane. Jane's inviting me into the process. Jane wants my opinion. Jane wants my cooperation. She wants me to look at this thing that we're about to take in. and She wants me to agree with her about its status. And I think it's the same thing the Lord does with us. He says, just look at your life. Here it is. Here it is. What do you think about this? Can these bones live? And we're like, how am I supposed to know? Let me ask my God. He made me. And the Lord says, just let's look at this together. I want to hear what you have to say about the status of your life. I mean a a, a a major point this morning is just this do you have the courage this morning to look at your life with God? Not look at your life through somebody else's eyes or in comparison to the book or the movie or whatever, but to look at your life with God, the eyes of heaven looking through you and seeing here's the status of my life And you look at it and you think, Can this place live again? Can my joy be restored? Can the truth enter this place in my life? Can the leanness of the desert be fulfilled and spring into joy again in my life? And the honest answer that that Ezekiel gives, you alone know, O sovereign Lord. Boy, that's a humble answer. It's a humble answer. God, you know what you want to do with these bones. You know what you intended for these just structural parts of a body. And the Lord does know. After all, he is the sovereign God. But he wants us to see and he wants us to think and he wants to look at the reality of our lives with his eyes. Examine your life with God. And then in this uh, second part, um, the Lord speaks. It's not a question this time. He speaks to Ezekiel. um, And he says this, prophesy to these bones. And say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And then here's the prophecy. Let's go to the next verse. I'm going to make breath enter you. Ezekiel is speaking to dead people. To to death, to destruction, to despair. Because God told him, speak to these things that you see that aren't as I've called them to be. And I'll attach tendons and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you'll come to life, and then you'll know that I'm the Lord. The Lord tells Ezekiel, speak to your life. See it from my perspective, and then speak to it. I've got to believe that the Lord's uh, um, desire here was to see the power of Ezekiel's words. Ezekiel could see, wow, I'm seeing the way God sees, the reality of my people. Now he wants me to speak to it. And Ezekiel has no life in him to give dry bones. But the Lord tells him, Speak destiny to your life. And I think it's the same for us. Some of us have been waiting around a long time for God to do what God's going to do. And God's waiting for us to respond to what He's already done. And He's saying to many of us this morning, Speak to your life. Look at the place that seems dry and declare its destiny. You know, um, the, the verse that so many of us don't want to hear? Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And we go, oh, not again with this one. Plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And when we hear that sometimes inside us, we think, I can't make that happen. And guess what? You're absolutely right. But the Lord says, this is my declaration over you. This is my declaration, future and hope. So he says to Ezekiel, he says to us this morning, speak to your life. Speak to the bones. Say God's word over your life. What if we all got up every morning and declared God's words over our life? Do our words create life? No. Our words agree with the life giver. You know, Um What about Bob? Anybody? Remember the very first scene? I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. Right? Some of us could use a little bit of that positive reinforcement when we look in the mirror. How about this? I'm God's Son. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I reign victorious with Jesus over my life. God is in me, God is with me, who will I fear? What if we just declared the truth of God over ourselves day after day? We would get so filled up we'd start going up to each other and declare the word of God over one another and all of a sudden we would be living out the vision of truth in our lives. So the Lord says to Ezekiel, speak. No, he doesn't say, he says prophesy to the bones. You know the difference between speaking and prophecy Speaking are, is just my words. Susan, Susan and I had a discussion. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Great. I opened the door for her. She said, thank you. We were speaking. We were generally encouraged, but I don't know if there was any prophetic utterance there. <laughs> but he says, prophesy. The Hebrew word is nava. It means to bubble up. It's like when God puts something in you that you can't keep in anymore, and then you, you kind of throw it up in the most positive sense possible. You just push it out. He says, prophesy to the bones. Declare my word over them, not your word. Speak the reality of God's destiny over your own life. There's a difference between speaking and prophecy. Steve Sargent, my friend, who beats me up on a regular basis, emotionally, might be able to take him in the physical, but I don't want to try. A couple of years ago, he probably won't even remember it. We were sitting uh, in this church. I was even in a different office. I was in a different position. And we had about an hour long conversation and we're just talking and he's encouraging me and we're like, what's God going to do? Yay, yay, yay. And we have this little discussion and, and Steve is just about to walk out. Did anybody who ever watch Columbo? Remember Peter Falk as Columbo? He's like stumbles around, you know, asks a bunch of questions. Then he'd look back and say, oh, just one more thing, which was always the key to the crime. You know, Steve pulls a Columbo on me. I'm feeling pretty encouraged. And he says, oh, literally, he turns around and says, oh, just one more thing. Um, You know how you have this air of humility about you? Well, God says that's really just fear and you hide behind it. So you've got to stop doing that. (laughs) See you later. And Steve doesn't realize it, but he solved the crime that the enemy was perpetrating in my life that day. Steve prophesied to me. It wasn't his words. It was the Lord's words. Hey, you know what you're hiding behind that everyone thinks looks so cool? God doesn't buy it. It's time to speak out and to live out your destiny. Speak to the bones. Prophesy. Tell God's words to the bones. Some of us just need to get that habit of speaking to our lives the destiny of God. It's not name it and claim it. It's name it, pray for it, live it, hope and then watch God take hold of your life. It's not our power, it's His, but we have to agree with Him. Can I get a tiny amen? That's a pretty big one, thanks. We speak to the bones at God's command. And then there's this invitation. It's the second time that the Lord says, I want you to prophesy. So He sees the picture of His life with God's views, and He faces reality. And then he, he, He hears the Lord, and He speaks to the, the destruction of the people. He's, he agrees with God about what's supposed to happen. He declares it. He prophesies God's word. And then the Lord speaks again and he says, now, here's your big, well, here's what happens. Uh, I prophesied as he commanded and breath entered the, no, no, go back, sorry. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I was pro, as I was prophesying, as he was speaking and declaring God's destiny to the people, This is what he saw. There was a noise and a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone and I looked and tendons and flesh appeared and skin covered them but there was no breath in him. God speaks the word to speak to the bones. Ezekiel speaks to the bones and instead of a pile of bones he now has an army of dead bodies. Oh goody. We'll get him now. So he's agreed with God and God's done an amazing work. He's brought restructuring. He's brought reformation. He's brought a sense of order back to the life because Ezekiel agreed with him, declared God's word over it. But then the Lord says this, hey, you're looking better, okay? It's looking better than bones. I mean, you look almost like humans, but there's no breath in you. And some of us walk around like that. We look really good. No condemnation an invitation into life. We look really good. We got it all worked. We look good on the outside. We're able to speak it out. And the Lord just says, I don't want you to walk around like dead bodies without breath, without life. And so the Lord says to Ezekiel, now prophesy to the breath. Okay, just a tiny little word fun from Randy this morning. The Hebrew word, when he says prophesy to the breath, it's ruach, it's There's like a thousand different uh, things that can mean, but it definitely means spirit, breath, the spirit of life within a being, animal, human, whatever. It's the life-giving force. It's the same word from Genesis when it says the, the earth was formless and void and the spirit of the Lord hovered over the sea and then the word of the Lord spoke, let there be light the same Holy Spirit that was at creation, Ezekiel says, prophesy to the Spirit. Now, does that just start to feel a little presumptuous to you? Speak to the Holy Spirit and tell him what to do. But it's in the scriptures. The Lord says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Tell the breath of God what to do. You know, in the vineyard, we don't have a lot of liturgical prayers, right? And if you've been to a liturgical church, you probably have memorized... Catholic prayers, Lutheran, Episcopal, you know, Methodist, whatever. You've got a lot of those prayers. They just kind of come out of you naturally. The Vineyard doesn't have a lot of those. We, we have two, I would say. Uh, Wimber, John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard Movement, his first famous prayer was, Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. In other words, I'm toast here if you don't come. There's not even a verb in that prayer. But the second one is this. Come Holy Spirit. That's what birthed the Vineyard Movement. That's what, that's what birthed healing and evangelism and revival and renewal. It's why there are 2,000 churches around the world that call to say Vineyard, not for the great honor and glory of John Wimber, but because someone in God's perfect timing had the guts to stand up and prophesy to the breath and say to the Holy Spirit, come do what you do. Come and Recreate come and restore, come and renew, come and bring revival. You understand revival? You were dead, and then you come to life. And I just think it's an invitation to us today for in, in the vineyard community. Prophesy to the breath. You know what you can do every single day, every single moment of your life? I do it, not as much as I wish, especially if I'm going into a tense meeting. Or premarital or or marital issues that I don't know how to deal with. Or uh, standing in front of a group of people that make me a little nervous and insecure. Holy Spirit, come. And do you think the Holy Spirit stands back and says, Who do you think you are telling me what to do? No, the Holy Spirit, if you can imagine a giddy child, like I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to ask. Holy Spirit, come. Prophesy to the breath. And then look what happens. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O breath, O spirit, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. This is what God's building, a vast army of reformed, restructured, revitalized, life Breathing people. And it's us. It's us to do God's work. There's no entrance exam, no physical exam required to get into God's army. Here's how you get into God's army. Jesus, I want you. You're in. And you have a job. And you have the captain of the Lord of the hosts leading you. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. For us today, this is the church. This is the church of Jesus. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. And if you feel like that, but I looked at the bones and I'm stuck fixated on the bones. Our hope is cut off. We're busted. I I can't be restored. I've fallen too far. It's been too long. The promise is waning. I don't know if I can believe that word anymore. I've lost hope. So he says for the third time, prophesy to the church. Prophesy to God's people. Declare God's plan and intention over God's people. And it's what I want to do this morning. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up. Any place of death in your life this morning, this is God's eternal promise. I'm going to open your graves and I'm going to bring you up take off the barrier of death and bring you out of the grave. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. God's word to us this morning, I'm going to restore you to your your land of promise. Many of you are a little curious that your land of promise is Indianapolis. Praise God that it is. Because right now this is God's word to you. I'm going to restore you to your land of promise. I'm going to bring you back. In the, in the eternal scheme of things, it's God working in your life right now to say, there's no, nothing that he or she can do to get out of my destiny for them. I'm going to bring them out of their graves. I'm going to call them. I'm going to put them back in their land of destiny because they've now got life-giving spirit in them. And the result of that, you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and I bring you up from them. And I'll put my spirit in you and you'll live and I'll settle you in your own land, and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. It's the plan of God. It's the invitation of God that we see our lives with him, with his view, that we speak to those dry places in our lives as God tells us to and declare God's plan for our lives, God's perfect will. And then we actually have the boldness, not presumption, but the boldness and the confidence that Jesus gave us. And say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. I can make myself look good, but I can't create life. Holy Spirit, come and fill me with life. It's the most beautiful prayer we as a church have. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. I want to pray for us that this morning. Why don't you stand? Let me uh, communion servers can come forward and we'll prepare for communion. Let's pray. As we go into prayer here, God's uh, hope to you this morning. (coughs) This is his plan for your life, that you're alive with hope, that you're living in the land of your promise, that you're joined together with others in the army of God That he's selected you and chosen you. Not because of your special gifts, but because of his special love for you. Father, I ask that you come now. Send your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And as we take in the body and the blood of Jesus, as we remember death that made way to life, Holy Spirit, come and breathe life into us again. Breathe life into the bones of despair or discouragement. Breathe life into the bodies that are racked with pain. We ask that you bring life, Lord, into the dreams and the callings and the destinies on these people. We ask, Jesus, that you come by your Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to following Christ, you're in the army of God. Jesus is within you. There's that sense of confidence that you belong to him. This is your time to take in once again his spiritual nourishment. Just come down the diagonal aisles, take a piece of the bread, the body of Christ, and dip it into the wine or the juice, the blood of Christ, shed for you to cover your sin and take in once again God's very life. When you're ready, please come forward. Do you want to see your life uh, as God sees your life? Just ask Him. The Holy Spirit's present and within you to give you a picture of your life as it is, reality. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's an invitation into reality in your life. You. God is present when we bring our true self before Him, and He's not threatened by who we are and where we are. You have the courage this morning to hear the voice of the Lord and speak to your life God's destiny over it. I'm not talking about making up some grand scheme where you're the next Apostle Paul. I'm talking about speaking the spiritual, real destiny of joy, peace, power, the Holy Spirit reigning, bearing fruit in you, and the Holy Spirit's power bringing spiritual fruit into the world. Are you willing to cooperate with God and actually speak to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, come. Do what only you can do. When we pray that prayer, God will do through us in this city what only God can do. And the city will rise up and say, surely the Lord has spoken and surely the Lord has done this. And there is no greater worship to God than to be a part of his plan where people look and say, this is the Lord. And they bow and worship him. Let's pray. There's a prayer ministry team. You can come forward this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. Thank you that you are here and that you're working. We pray for more, Holy Spirit, more of your grace-giving conviction, more of your life-giving empowerment, cleansing from sin, Restoration for the repentant. Power for the powerless this morning. Lord, send us out now into the world with strength and with courage to love you and to serve you with gladness in our hearts, with a singleness of mind, and with the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name and for the sake of his kingdom. Amen.